and welcome to a new season of Local Legends New England. I'm your host, Kyle Newton, and this season I'll be focusing more on the storytelling aspect of the legends I find, while leaving you a few more details at the end on how to find more information on your favorite legends. I'm continuing my trend in telling local legends of colored people in New England. That's to encompass Native and Black Americans that helped become part of the fabric of New England's rich history. This is my part to help show how it takes many people of all types to build a strong and healthy community. Today, we're sticking to the northern half of New Hampshire. In the lower portion of the White Mountains region, where 273 nearby bodies of water define a growing family community that you probably know better as New Hampshire's own Lakes region. The largest of these lakes is known as Lake Winnipesaukee, and has a beautiful legend from a Native American tribe by the same name, properly pronounced Winnipesaukee. It is a story of war, racism, and forgiveness, something I feel we in the United States are searching for today. I'm still in search of the exact date, but what I can tell you is that this legend takes place before European settlers had come to the New World. Chieftain and Hatton opened the entrance of his wigwam. A small apology was heard before the slumped shoulders of a young Winnipesaukee warrior was seen emerging from within. To anyone watching, the wrinkles in his chin had already displayed the answer he had received. He refused to let tears escape his glassy vision while the chieftain's words rumbled from behind him. Perhaps another time... Wakanosis. The young warrior left Chief Hatton's wigwam without meeting the old man's cold stare. Smaller than he, the warrior still knew better than to act on the anger he felt inside. The scars upon Chief Hatton told the life of a warrior chief. The young man dragged his feet home and wasn't seen for the rest of that day. As he left, a young woman approached Chief Manhattan's wigwam. Her long hair shined in the glowing sunlight. Her bare feet walked with a soft step along the cool green grass, never making a noise, yet everyone knew when she walked by. The woman's gentle smile captivated every man she passed. Wives hit their husbands for staring too long while Chief Manhattan wished he could do the same to all the lonely young warriors out to prove their bravery. Father, were you chasing off another warrior out from my hand? The young girl asked. Chief Manhattan placed his long arm around the young woman and guided her into his wigwam with a stiff grip. Ah, my young daughter... A pleasure to see you. Please, Eloquoia, come this way. Chief Manhattan snuck a glare over his shoulder to spot any lingering stares at his daughter. He pulled the flap of his wigwam closed with a snap. Eloquoia stepped away from her father's grasp, once out of the sight from their fellow tribesmen. Is something the matter, father? she asked. 
Or did you simply not wish to answer me before the tribe is witness? Chief Hatton admired his daughter standing before him. Her slender frame rested on a slanted hip. She crossed her arms, waiting for a response. The chief smiled and placed his hands on her shoulders, feeling the tension in Elakoya's muscles. Perhaps there was more than one reason to invite you in here, the chief admitted. Elakoya's thin brow ruffled, her smooth forehead wrinkled. What do you mean, father? What's the other reason? Are you all right? The chief nodded and motioned to the tomahawk hanging at his waist. Nicks and scrapes hinted at its long history. Elakoya even thought she caught a strip of dried blood along its keen edge. Some of our warriors tell me about curious sightings within our borders. They've asked me to go with them. I ask that you stay here and watch over my home and our tribe. Elakoya couldn't hide her thin grin. You sure this isn't just you trying to keep me away from any wandering eyes, father? She asked. Chief Hatton gnashed his teeth together. His daughter's negotiation skills and young, burning pride always kept him in check. As much as he admired that about her, he greatly disliked being on the sore end of it. The chief gave a slow exhale through flared nostrils, so as not to speak out of turn. I have already said, perhaps there's more than one reason I ask my favors, but that does not diminish the importance of this task. Elakoya glanced around her father's wigwam. A bow, a few furs, and skulls of ceremonial importance. She turned to find the sunshine peeking in through the fold of her father's wigwam. Her shoulders slumped as she nodded. I suppose you are correct, father, she replied. I will watch over our people from inside while you are away. Chief Hatton kissed his daughter on the top of her head as he ran his hand down her silky hair. Thank you, my little fawn. I will not be long. No more than two moons. Agreed? Elakoya bowed her head and watched as her father reached for his bow and bundle of arrows. She wondered if she ever really had an option to refuse her father's requests. Of course, father. Be safe. Please. Chief Hatton stopped at the wounded tone in Elakoya's voice. His dark eyes softened at her small frame. A frown along his face deepened the wrinkles around his eyes. My poor child, I know you may have had plans, but the responsibility of leading the great Winnipesogee people falls upon us and with whispers of a certain tribe south of the Big Lake being spotted in our lands, 
Our people must know we are here to protect them. Elakoya placed her hands behind her back. She lowered her almond eyes, breaking her father's stare. And so I am to be seen as brave to our people, beneath the protection of your wigwam. Elakoya's question stopped Chief Manhattan in his tracks. The muscles in his jaw and neck eased. My dear daughter, that is not why I ask you to be in here. Our people know where you are, and they shall keep you safe while we search to see who wanders our lands. Elakoya interrupted him. Do you mean that... Her words fell short with the raised open hand of her father. He shook his head. We do not speak their name here, especially in this hole, he announced. Be safe, and I shall return soon. Without another word, the chief dashed beneath the leathery folds of his wigwam. The muffled thumping of his moccasins faded away, leaving Elokoya alone with nothing but her thoughts. As Chief Manhattan prepared to leave, whispers stirred from the tribe south of the Big Lake. A fire crackled in the early morning darkness. Half a dozen warriors sat around the fire preparing for that day's hunt. Conversation strayed from animals to a different type of hunt altogether. Young warriors began discussing who they'd give the furs of their kills to. Soon came a young voice hushing those around him. I would show my bravery to the one they speak of beyond the big lake. They say her beauty is something Many of the warriors scoffed at their young friend. <laughs> and who told you this? Those beyond the big lake aren't worth our time. I hear they look like moose. A shadow stirred from behind them in the darkness. The man's broad shoulders and chest emerged first. The young man's wide eyes and long face gave him away immediately even with the unfamiliar smile stretching across his cheeks. You've heard of this beauty also? The warrior dropped from his seat to his knees and bowed to the emerging man. I, I am greatly honored you have come to visit with us, chief. He was silenced by an open wave of the leader's hand. Please... Take no offense, but did you say you heard of this beautiful woman beyond the big lake? He asked. The bowed warrior looked to his chief, then to those surrounding the fire. Its warmth caused sweat to bead his dark brow. He hesitated until the young chief motioned for him to return to his seat by the fire. Continue your story replied the young chief. The warrior's throat dried, but still he continued. 
ignoring the sweatiness of his own palms. They speak of a young woman whose father refuses to see her wed. Some claim he demands to see a man's bravery match her beauty. The chieftain leaned closer as the warrior continued his story. Soon, he was sitting upon the log nearer than any of the other warriors. Do you know of her beauty by sight? asked the young chieftain. Again, the warrior hesitated, then nodded. They say her hair is dark as night. Her wisdom matches that of the great owls, and she is soft-footed as a cunning fox. Her gaze can captivate you or make you tremble in fear. The young chieftain clutched the tense muscles over his heart. His smile widened to reveal his white teeth. Tell me, warrior, do you know if anyone has taken her heart yet? asked the young chieftain. The warrior shook his head. From what I've heard, no one's bravery has yet to match her beauty. The chieftain nodded. He looked to see a blue sky brightening the mountain's horizon. Then it is clear to me. I must prove my bravery, said the chieftain. The warriors traded stares with one another. None but the storyteller felt courageous enough to speak up to the young chieftain. What is it you feel you must do? he asked. The young chieftain stood upright. He greeted the warmth of the dancing ember blaze. Continue your hunt. I must go and prove my courage. The young chieftain did not let any words sway him as he made his way into the largest wigwam. When he returned, he donned a headdress made entirely of eagle feathers. The bright white feather plumage caused a stir from the warriors preparing to hunt. Again, the storyteller came to the young chieftain. I have not seen that since the last solstice. Why do you wear it now? The young chieftain eyed his fellow warrior, then glanced at the others over his shoulder. He took in a deep breath from flared nostrils. His muscles eased with the exhale. At the base of his breath, the chieftain reached for his tomahawk and rose it to the warrior's neck. The young warrior was still fumbling for his own weapon as he felt the tomahawk resting against his throat. He rose his hands to show he forfeited. The young chieftain backed away to a canoe resting along the riverbed. I must earn the hand of this beautiful woman and make her my squaw. The warrior took a single step as he watched his chieftain push off the riverbed. And what do we do if you don't return? The chieftain chuckled at the warrior's question. I shall return with my squaw, I promise you. The young chieftain traversed the river until he reached the big lake. From there, 
he made his way upstream to where it was rumored this beautiful legend lived. When he spotted the village, he beached his canoe and continued on foot. The young chieftain took his eagle-feathered headdress and wore it as he continued toward the village. Even with the fear of falling to an unseen arrow, he did not break his stride at any point along his journey. As he entered the village, many of the people fell silent. They were so stunned by the feathery plumage upon the young chieftain's headdress that many had forgotten to stop and ask who he was. This left the young chieftain to wonder if such a tribe actually hated he and his people. Soon, whispers crawled throughout the tribe. Words hummed along the air, stirring others from their homes. It didn't take long for the muffled comments to reach Elakoya's wigwam. At first, the young woman ignored it. This had become typical to hear before a man of more hope than bravery approached their home. She waited a prolonged amount of time, yet still there was no cheering or tap on her wigwam. The whispers remained muffled on the other side of her home. When temptation became too much, Elakoya finally stepped outside in search of what caused the commotion. What she found stole her breath. A tall, broad-chested man walked with a proud stride through the land of her tribe. On his head, he wore an eagle-feathered headdress, one that Elakoya was unfamiliar with. His scars and body paint told he was a great warrior, yet no one recognized him. The stranger would stop before a group of people, bow, and ask his question. What it was, Elakoya did not know. After his question, the people of her tribe would point, sending him on his way. Eventually, someone pointed back the way he came. Words were exchanged, and soon, the stranger was turned away. Seeming to be the only person the strange warrior hadn't spoken to, Elakoya rushed to greet him. Some of the warriors who stayed to guard the tribe raced to intercept him, but failed to, as Elakoya called out for her greeting. "'May we help you with something, stranger?' she asked. The man in his eagle headdress stopped and turned to who spoke. In that moment, he knew who he looked upon. The woman's slender feet carried her softly across the grassy field. Her long, dark hair flowed in a gentle breeze. The almond color in her eyes dried the words upon his lips. I... I... Are... Are you... The tall stranger knelt down, unable to view the beauty of Elakoya. He bowed his head before her. I... I... The stranger took a deep breath to help calm his emotions. He flexed his entire frame to prevent anyone seeing the tremble in his hands. I have come in search of the magnificent Elakoya, whose beauty has been described countless times in my tribe beyond the big lake. I am their chief and have come, bearing the headdress of my people and no tomahawk. 
I have done so to show courage for her father. May I speak with him at this moment? Elakoya noted a deep tone the stranger took as he introduced himself. His proposal stunned the very warriors coming to take him away. They stared up at Elakoya, unsure of what to do next. The rest of her tribe followed in their hesitation. Elakoya swallowed against the pins and needles in her throat. She looked down at the stranger and felt the knots in her gut ease. That was all Elakoya needed to confirm, in her head, what had been weighing on her heart. She turned to her people and spoke in her own brave tone. My father is chief in Hatton, and as his daughter, who has been given so much respect by the people of this tribe, I must now ask to be treated as not my father's personal bow, nor his favorite fur. I, as well as any other Winnipesogi woman here, shall be the squaw of her own choosing. Elokoya then offered her hand to the bowing stranger. And it would be a pleasure to get to know you better, brave chieftain. The young chief looked up to find Elokoya smiling down upon him. He reached for her hand as he rose from quivering knees. The young chieftain followed Elokoya into her wigwam, all while unaware of her father and rival, Chief Inhattan, was returning from his scouting with the other warriors. Chief Inhattan was returning with the warriors from his travels along the border of his lands. It was never clear who they saw, but they were gone well before Chief Manhattan had arrived. To celebrate, he and his warriors had gone on a hunt, bringing down enough food for the entire tribe. The journey was peaceful for Chief Manhattan. That is, until he arrived back home. He was first met with one of the warriors in charge of protecting the tribe. Chief Manhattan, I bring you news while you were gone, he announced. Chief Manhattan greeted him with a smile and a pat on the back. Greetings. I also have news. Splendid news. Chief Manhattan showed one of the foxes found along their hunt. There are plenty more, and for everyone. The warrior did not shy away from his chieftain. He remained upright, with spear in hand. He refused to move until Chief Manhattan lowered the fox and acknowledged him once more. "'What is it that concerns you?' asked the chieftain. "'Chief Manhattan, someone has come to ask for Elokoya's hand in marriage. "'We tried to stop him, but she took his hand and invited him. "'Elokoya then announced she and any other Winnipesogi women are no longer properties of their fathers. Chief Manhattan's grip tightened around the fox's tail he held. He gnashed his teeth together. So, my daughter wishes to make her own decisions? Fine. Who has come to visit her? He asked. 
The warrior gripped his spear with whitened knuckles. He is chieftain of the tribe beyond the big lake. The words big lake caused Chief Manhattan to drop the fox's corpse to the earthen floor in exchange for the tomahawk at his waist. Chief Manhattan's face reddened with his own growing rage. He shoved the warrior out of his way and charged into the tribe. His tomahawk waved high in the air as his battle cry rang out across the land. Chief Manhattan's bare feet rumbled the very ground beneath him as he charged for the closed entrance of his own wigwam. And that was part one of The Legend of Lake Winnipesaukee. Want to hear the second half of this legend to find out if Chief Manhattan kills the young chief who visits his daughter? Or does Elokoya get a say in her own future? Guess you'll have to listen Tuesday to find out. If you like this story and want to hear others like it, please follow my podcast, Local Legends New England, for more. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at LocalLegendsNE as in New England. I'll be sure to bring you more stories about all the types of people who together define the legends of New England. Thanks for enjoying this little yarn I spun for you. Until next time, my name is Kyle Newton, and you are listening to Local Legends New England.